You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, so we've decided to go a little podcast crazy. We have your recruiting podcast, which is known as the Unofficial Forty. We've got your team podcast that Eddie, Joe, and I do. And now we've got uh, an interview podcast that I wanted to do where I just set up interviews with uh, interesting people, try and do it every week. And we're going to call this the Sooner Scoop Sit Down. And this week, we've got Jason Kersey, who is now a former OU beat writer, just left the Oklahoman. He is heading to Fayetteville, Arkansas to cover the Arkansas Razorbacks for a website called seccountry.com. And I wanted to talk to Jason before he left. Just uh, He's been a big part of my professional life, just being on the beat and seeing him all the time, and became very good friends and wanted to just kind of sit down with him and talk to him about his experiences of covering Oklahoma uh, and just some random things that uh, we've talked about over the years. Twitter, Bob Stoops. You know, the Oklahoman in general. And just kind of give you an insight into what it's like a little bit to uh, live that OU beat rider life. So, uh, this is what we will now refer to as the Sooner Scoop Sit Down, featuring the former Oklahoma beat rider for the Oklahoman, Jason Kersey. All right, so uh, what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to talk. I don't know if we call this, should we call this your OU Beat Writer exit interview? I had an exit interview at the Oklahoman, but this can be part two. The funner exit interview. <laughs> it wasn't very fun. Uh, you know, it was just uh, HR crap. So when you do that, like, I don't want to get too involved <laughs> or anything that's going to get you hateful letters or violate any kind of. <laughs> Did you have to sign like a non-disclosure agreement about no, anything? No, not really. It was just sort of a, hey, this is this stays in here, yeah, sort of thing. But no, there was no, no non-disclosure agreement. Well, and, and for people that don't know what we're talking about, uh, Jason Kersey, former Oklahoma beat writer, University of Oklahoma beat writer at the uh, Oklahoman, leaving. He's leaving as we've already had his going away party. There was a sombrero involved. Yeah, and I understand you talked about that on the air uh, the other day because my dad called me. I don't remember talking about the <laughs> sombrero, or did we? I mean, the pictures were out there. The Snapchats were <laughs> yeah, out there. No, no. I think I just said that Eddie may have been pretty drunk, and you may have been pretty drunk. <laughs> um, I can't remember anything disparaging though that no, came up on he the radio. Just, yeah, no, my dad just called me. He's not like a day. preacher or anything. Either. No, no, but he just called me the other day. So I understand you had a good time on Saturday night. And I was like, <laughs> "What? He's not on Twitter. What do you?" And he said, uh, "Well, Kerry Murdoch was talking about it this morning on the radio." Now, like, is your dad? Is he like full blown OU fan? Yeah, I, I know your brother yeah. is right. You have a brother uh, no, my, that is. My brother's not so much anymore. He was. Uh huh. My brother was uh, the OU fan. Uh, we went to the uh, 03 
Big 12 championship game debacle against Kansas State. And uh, my brother was so pissed off that he got up and left his seat and in the late second quarter and didn't come back till the game was almost over. Now, like so, on your... But not, not so much anymore. He's grown up. See, the thing about that I, I'm going to enjoy about doing these kind of podcasts, and, and we're kind of trying to do like some one-on-one stuff where it's just me and, and a guest is... You'll find out, and, and having four guys in the morning kind of keeps this from happening a lot, but my stream of consciousness is just all over the place. So, <laughs> I mean, I will be everywhere. Like, you were, you were, you were giving that answer, and I was thinking of uh, taking it in a completely different direction. <laughs> so I'm horrible about that, but I'm just very random. But I, I'm thinking, you know, I want to get into some more of this stuff later on. We're just kind of setting the stage here, because one thing I promise you, you and I kind of talk music a lot which in i don't know you have you ever gotten that into music with with your readers on twitter or anything like that not really they've just kind of had to deal with us kind of the other beat writers kind of uh needling you a little bit right and what we needle you about (laughs) and i don't know where this star i mean you have to explain to me how the i don't know if fascination is not the right word but you love Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> yeah, like, were you like a big American Idol watcher? And no, you, you loved her. And Justin, did you watch the movie and stuff? Well, <laughs> I think my diehard love of Kelly Clarkson is a little bit exaggerated because um, <laughs> I okay. When I was in high school, I liked Kelly Clarkson. I liked Since You've Been Gone. I liked that album. Um. I, but and I listened to it, but I know I never watched American Idol. In fact, I'm not even sure that I knew she was from American Idol when I started listening to her music. But uh, and I really hadn't listened to her a lot when we went to that. Uh, you didn't go to that cotton pre cotton. No, party. I, I, it's still you one of the great the regrets aftermath. of my life. You just saw the aftermath. But no, um, there was a, a media party for the Cotton Bowl the year that the uh, A and M just crushed OU. And it was the night before the game? Night before the game. And Kelly Clarkson was playing. And this was discussed so much at your going away party. Um, Garen Emig of the Tulsa World. I'm surprised you guys didn't get into a fight. to be Because he was saying some disparaging things about... Because we all know Kelly Clarkson has ballooned back and forth. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fluctuated. Um, so he had plenty of comments about the jeans she was wearing or leggings or whatever it was, mm-hmm. jeggings. But you, I don't know if that was the first night you discovered Red Bull and vodka. No, no, no. <laughs> but it was, a, it was your letting, and I, I got to tell people this. I mean, you guys, I have, there's two people I have the most respect for in the media business. I said this, I say this a lot, like the TV people, they have to go out and shoot everything and they're at high school games and they're covering Thunder and OSU and OU mm-hmm. and just everything. It never stops for them. So they're, yeah. they work their asses off. Even though you only see them, that's the, the strange thing. You see them two, two minutes a night on right. television and there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes with them. And on, uh, along with the TV reporters, I feel worse for the OU beat writer <laughs> because... <laughs> At the well, I should say the Oklahoman OU beat writer because that's a very demanding job. I mean, it is a prestigious position. Yeah, um, you are the basically 
the main reporter for the most red beat in the state. It's a very important job. Yeah. yeah. And with that comes a lot of responsibilities. Yeah, and, a and lot you, of demand. And, and at the Oklahoma, and I don't want to say any names, and, and I'm not trying to direct anything at anybody, but the demands on you guys as beat reporters to be on top of everything, to never miss anything that's out there. Yeah. It's it's staggering. I mean, how much work... I mean, people talk about, you know, what we do and being on top of recruiting and a kid commits while you're at your wedding or something and you have to stop and, you know, whatever. It's it, it's not that bad, but there are plenty of nights when you're out, you know, with your wife or something, something breaks uh, and you have to grab your laptop and... Yeah. and do something. I mean, it's a, it's an unrelenting job at times. So, yeah. I'm just trying to set up to say, <laughs> every once in a while, when you let loose a little bit, you deserve to let loose. And that was a night. <laughs> the, the, it's the day before that. People got to realize it's the day before the game. All your stuff is filed. Yeah, you don't have. It's one of the few times during the season that you really don't have any responsibilities or any worries. And well, unless somebody got arrested yeah. while I was at the party, th- then you would have uh, made the right decision to not go to the party. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I just didn't go because I had so much stuff we were still doing. And uh, but, but all that being said, it was a glorious night well, after the concert when you came back to the hotel because I was in the <laughs> media room then. Well, the, uh, the other thing that I think has created this idea that I like Kelly Clarkson's at the top of every one of my Spotify playlists or something, which isn't Uh true is that. So the night before that, they, they had two parties in a row. They had a, they had another media party the night before that. Did you go to that one? I think little big night or whatever. Maybe it was, it, but it was another sort of big away from the hotel. I hate those. Yeah. And I I think there was no shuttle. You had to go on your own and stuff. It was was like like a block party kind of thing. Little big town played. I don't even know anything about them, but I didn't go to that. Instead, I went to, I think babes and ate with Barry Trammell. Yeah. Which is never a bad decision. That's a good place. But, um, Eric Bailey from the Tulsa world texted me that night and said, Hey, this party is incredible. You're missing out. You got to go tomorrow night. They got, little big town here tonight and apparently kelly clarkson's gonna be there tomorrow night and my response to his text was man don't judge me but i actually really like kelly clarkson and then by the time i got back to the media hotel everyone had been told that i was like the biggest kelly clarkson fan in the world and so i just sort of went with it but the whole thing is though we've always teased you about it but you've been you've never let down like you always defend her she's good man I, I don't I don't have a problem with <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. I really don't. But yeah, it was it was since you've been gone uh, when I dropped my Red Bull vodka and shattered it on the floor at that concert. And and, the, and then it got turned into another fishtail, which was you were actually talking to Joe Castiglione at the time the that, song no, started. No, 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 no. And you freaked out, and yeah. the and the 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 liquor went flying. Those are two different stories. <laughs> The the uh, I was standing with Bob Berry Jr., Dylan Buckingham, and Garen uh-huh. when Since You've Been Gone played, and I dropped it. And the thing about that that I was, is my favorite part of the story is how amazing this party was. I mean, there was food, open bar. Cotton big time. There, there, were, there were cigar rollers there. There were guys rolling, rolling cigars cigar. there. And uh, at, this, at this particular moment when I dropped the the Red Bull vodka and it was so loud in there that you couldn't hear it shatter. But 
So we all just sort of walked away from where it was, just sort of crept away. And out of nowhere, this dude just emerges out of like a closet with a big broom and just swept it up, and then that was it. It's like a like a robot and Wally yeah. or something. And and Dylan Buckingham handed me his Red Bull vodka and said, "Don't worry, I'll just go get another one." <laughs> the Joe Castiglione story was, was that later the same in the party? night. It was at the same party uh-huh. later in the night when um, everyone, all my friends, I'm using air quotes, had left me there for some reason. I think and, they thought that you were being taken care of by somebody. And Somebody had your back. And uh, I wound up in a conversation with Joe Castiglione uh, that I don't remember. So, I mean, I, I do not remember what we talked about. And But you said nothing ever really no, came it, of it, or no. he never said anything like, no, boy, you were weird last night or anything. No. And in, in fact, I had breakfast with him a couple weeks ago, and he was... Great. We have we had a fine relationship. It was just sort of, I think about that, and I'm just like, I, I have no idea what I said, but I know the things that I was angry about at that time, various things. So I, I hope that none of those things were what I. I will just about. say that if there ever was anything that happened in that conversation, you don't have to worry about it because Joe Castiglione follows me on Twitter now, and I literally will check two or three times a week to see if he's unfollowed me. <laughs> and he hasn't yet. And he hasn't yet. And I asked him about it. I said. Uh, you know, I noticed you're following me, uh, and I want to apologize in advance. <laughs> and he told me that I don't have to worry about it. He really enjoys my Twitter account, so I think Joe. Right. I think Joe likes likes to see people let loose a little bit. Uh, I enjoy your Twitter account too, Carrie. Well, we can get into that. <laughs> All right. So I gave you. Uh, we were talking about music, and I know you're a big Counting Crows guy too. Yeah. Uh, because we've talked about that quite extensively. We've even fought about which albums are the best. And I gave you... You tried to ruin the concert for me last year, if you remember. That's not true at all. I just told you why I don't like seeing them live now, which is that Adam Duritz goes really... He goes off the, off the page. He has to like sing the songs and change the melodies. Yeah. And I just want to hear round here like it's saying on the album, to be honest with you. Well, the thing... You were right about that. He did that, but I, I noticed he did that way more with... Like the songs you can tell he's the older songs, five yeah. million stuff times. off of off the stuff off August the, and mm-hmm. and uh, satellites and all that stuff. Like the stuff off the newer album, he's singing it like it's he's on the singing album. it like it's on the album. Which I thought their newer album was was awesome, but and see, I don't know how much further our musical pe- our musical tastes are compatible. Because no, I'm seeing a lot. I mean, I'm really like a like my ultimate band is REM. Like I have everything. Like I just spent. <laughs> I just I'm trying to finish off my vinyl catalog of REM and I just bought uh, New Adventures in Hi-Fi and Up which I didn't even really like Up as an album when it came out but I paid 100 bucks a piece for them I mean it's just it's a sickness yeah so I but that is kind of where my music starts and mm-hmm. Counting Crows are kind of part of that tree right I mean we're talking what would now be contemporary adult alternative i guess would be the genre mm-hmm. so you got like counting crows toad the wet i love toad the wet sprocket uh rem of course is in there uh and then there's a bunch of you know kind of college bands from the 90s that things like buffalo tom that most people don't know about i'm well, i'm just seeing a lot of things on here just scrolling through that i mean i love obviously springsteen billy joel Black Crows, man, I love the Black Crows. Yeah, they've just started. They've just started re-releasing a lot of their stuff on on vinyl. I got to be honest with you, Billy Joel. 
I know Jake Trotter's a, a huge well, Billy Joel well, fan. He, yeah, but I don't want to offend the guy. But Billy Joel to me, have you, do you like the movie Step Brothers with Will uh, Ferrell yeah. and John, and yeah, John C. Yeah, Riley? Yeah, I like that movie. Well, the whole thing about do what Billy Joel sucks at the Catalina wine mixer, like that is so true. Like I, I hated Uptown Girl and all that stuff. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm noticing a. a Disturbing lack of Elton John on here. I've only got a little bit. There's a little bit, but I mean, that was I bought Honky Tonk, uh, whatever it is, because it has Mona Lisa uh, and Mad Hatter, and it has that's a good one. Has what Rocket Man is that on that one? Uh, no, that's Yellow Brick Road. Oh, does it? Or no, I think Rocket it, Man is on there. Does it say? Yeah, Rocket Man's on there. Honky Cat's on there. So um, I just haven't I haven't delved that, into Elton John yet. See, that was the big argument I do like him. with me and Jake when he worked at the paper. Mm-hmm. We went to the you know Elton John and Billy Joel do those concerts together, which are great. Yes, yeah. And we went the to, dueling piano things. We went to one together, and uh, we just got in crazy arguments about who was better. I don't even think it's a contest. I don't know how you can compare. I mean. Elton John is Elton a legend. Elton John's way better. I mean, he's a legend. Billy Joel's really good, but Elton John's way better. What happens is, I think, with everybody, it's kind of like with Bruce Springsteen, too. And, I mean, John Bon Jovi proves it. And, by the way, it is very disturbing that he murders children in that new video, uh, that new uh, commercial he has. Which, which, I must not have seen it. The uh, DirecTV commercial where he's talking about turning back time, <laughs> and he just kills a little child in the corner. Okay, I haven't seen that. I'm going to have to... I'll, <laughs> We're going to take a break to do some music, but I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Um, but, like, no, John Bon Jovi, it's a perfect example. Like, artists from the East Coast, they're way overrated, way overhyped. Mm. It just, if you look, Billy Joel, Bruce Springsteen, who's good, but Grant, he has some total crap out there. Yeah. Um, and John Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi had, like, two albums. Yeah. And they I- still sell out concerts in arenas in New Jersey. Yeah, that's a good point. I. I like a couple Bon Jovi here I have, and there. But, I have slippery when wet, you'll notice. But, uh, but yeah. Sorry, I'm just... But there's no red flags you see so far? No. No. Probably, you, I'm, I'm sure a lot of that stuff in there, you're like, who the hell is that? Yeah, I'm some of that. <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news, man. I like Huey Lewis in the news. You're very mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> you are... Like, I am. I don't... I, you know, I am. You like your, uh, you like your soft rock, I know. Oh, definitely. You talk about your magic playlist and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, my KMGL playlist yeah. on Spotify. Which, uh, which is not uh, yeah. a part of my radio family, but it's okay. It's a podcast. Yeah, I get made fun of a lot for that by my wife, as a matter of fact, for that playlist. Um, so in fact, it, what she says is when, when she was looking through my Spotify and saw that I had a playlist called KMGL, which is filled with songs I've heard on KMGL, uh-huh. she told me I should kick my own ass for that. <laughs> It's my did you guys my ever lovely wife. have you guys did you guys ever curse on your news okay podcasts? Very little, very like little. maybe some asses and hells yeah. and dams. Just occasionally, I you got to nothing be a worse careful. than that, or did you nothing do worse, worse than, than that? that? No, no shit, worse. no, no. Am I allowed to say that on this podcast? I don't know. We've never cussed on the podcast, <laughs> before, but it's my podcast, so I guess I can do what I want. Just don't go too far. Okay. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you're just like, what the hell is this? But Yeah. So, Counting Crows, because this is, have you, have you ever listened, when's the last time you listened to a record? I don't know that I ever have. That you ever have in your entire life? No. 
Wow. No, I really don't think it's I have. Either, My parents have. You some, even have but, CDs. Yeah. Yeah. But like really have, old ones. Yeah, I have a. Actually, in the back seat of my car, I have a CD container. Case yeah, that I looked through recently, and it's just a bunch of stuff. You stuff that I was into when I was seventeen. So I, you've been pretty much iPod for ten plus years. Yeah, or streaming. <clears throat> yeah, this is going to be interesting. I'll be interested to get your thoughts if you yeah. think it sounds that much different. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm interested to see how different it sounds because you've raved about it for as long as i've known I don't know you raved is the you right know, word well, i try and downplay <laughs> this whole thing because everybody wants to make such a oh okay this is vinyl hey you freak. were quoted in a tulsa world story about vinyl that's because jimmy <laughs> trammell called me what do you want me to do <laughs> it's like the time when i don't want to get into it <laughs> i get in so lord, much trouble you have a lord album on here yeah wow i, like I just lord. i just wouldn't have expected that I got a lot of. I mean, have you seen how much rap is in there? Yeah, I I don't know why Lord surprised me, but Lord surprised I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm hip, dude. I'm not. I'm not criticizing. I will tell you what. All my new stuff that you don't notice is it's probably because it's like it's it's hipster folk stuff. Yeah, like variations of Mumford and Sons. Yeah, I don't like them. You don't like Mumford? No. You're not into any of the folk stuff. No, not really. You don't like bands that look like they should be playing in the bowels of the titanic no not a fan that's just i me. can i can i can i get it <laughs> trust me yeah and i just reached mumford and sons on the. there's a lot in there yeah. unfortunately kings of leon at all i like them nwa man wow i had i had that cd okay so i think every white guy has that cd just, I, th I just, think it thought it's I like it's I think like I thought your, that it made me like cool. It's, or something. Yeah, it's your way of saying I'm I'm a little street. I understand <laughs> you. Yeah. Like I have an attitude, although I'm Caucasian. I remember one time. Uh, I can't remember what the circumstance was, but my dad had to take my truck somewhere <laughs> when I was and sixteen. You left that in there? I left it in, and I had it turned up really loud. Ooh. And I think it was on Gangster Gangster. Gangsta, gangsta. Uh -huh. See, I'm so I'm so it. white. I can't do it. Um, and so he was concerned. <laughs> All right. Um, you're looking through that. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna go listen to some vinyl. Um, we're gonna come back because I I really want to get into kind of the nuts and bolts of of what you do, what you've done at the Oklahoman. Uh, talk a little bit about Bob Stoops with you. Uh, just just beat stuff. Not just things I think fans, not trying to get too inside journalism, but stuff that fans might appreciate. I really want to talk to you about like Twitter and yeah. your relationship with the fans there. Uh, because you know I'm I can be an awful person on Twitter. And I think sometimes I do it just because I know other guys on the beat appreciate it and their bosses won't let them do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm true. my own boss for the most part. I mean, I guess I could get fired from the radio station, but that's the thing too. Like people are always like I'm going to tell your radio station. I'm like, my radio station loves it when I'm controversial. I mean, I work at the same station that Traber works at. What am I going to do that's so bad? You got to get him back on Twitter, man. I have a plan. I'll just <laughs> tell you that. All right, so let's take a break. And not that you will notice, but it's going to be like... Purple Rain. Purple. We got to listen to Purple okay, Rain. Okay, Purple Rain. I'll put that on the list. Um, I've got two different versions, so I've got a really good version. Uh, it's going to be kind of like when you watch a cooking show. And, you know, they put it in the oven and then they magically pull it out and it's been in there for an hour. Yeah. That's what this break is going to be like. So, <laughs> all right, let's go listen to some vinyl. We'll come right. back.
All right, so uh, we are back. The magic of uh, time shifting. We just had our vinyl listening session. It's very impressive. You're just saying that. No, I'm not. It was. Uh, I heard a little Counting Crows. I introduced you to Pete Yorn, yeah. which I think I've, I've, I've converted someone to a Pete Yorn fan, maybe. I, I've added him on Spotify, so. All right, well, I don't want to keep droning on and on about vinyl because people will get really pissed or they'll just have stopped listening by now. Uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit just about, you know, your, your time here at, in, in Norman, in Oklahoma. I mean, before you were on the OU beat, you were on the high school beat for the Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, noble high grad, proud noble high grad. Very proud, yes. Now, how many years did you do high school coverage before you became uh, an OU beat writer? Full time, I only did high school coverage for a year, Okay, actually. And it, I planned on actually being on the high school beat for a lot longer, but uh, Travis Haney's short stay uh, necessitated <laughs> a uh, an, another OU beat writer hire, so... Well, and I mean, that was kind of, I don't know, I wasn't on the inside, but it seemed from the outside like that was a little bit of a blessing for you because George Schroeder, uh, he was the first beat writer that was here when I started. Um, And then he went on to Oregon and uh, Jake Trotter comes in. He goes to ESPN. Susie Cousidum came in as a a student, I think. That was her first job, wasn't it, at the Oklahoman? Mm Mm-hmm. And that didn't work out, so they bring in Travis Haney, who I think he does a good job. Um, I used to be ESPN Insider. I'm not anymore, so I don't get to read his stuff very often. I need to resubscribe to that. Uh, But it was kind of, it seemed to me like the Oklahoma was getting sick of going through all these talent searches to bring people in only to, you know, have them not work out or be short-lived. And it seemed, it, did you feel like that that created a better opportunity for you to get that job? Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. Because they, I mean, whenever uh, whenever Travis left, that was also when they moved Baldwin, Mike Baldwin off. Because him and Baldwin worked together. So there were basically two openings. So okay, they, yeah. So they moved me up and then they hired Stephanie. Right, and uh, she was the number two. Yeah. And then now, well... Last year, you and Ryan, Ryan Aber moved up after Stephanie. Yeah, for the last uh, three, I was on the OU beat for four years, and the the last three, it was with uh, Okay, so four years on the OU beat for you. Seems like it was longer, yeah, uh, to be really honest does. with you. Let me just ask you, I mean, just overall, I mean, from what it was going in, what you thought it would be, I mean, you know, you're in the office, you can hear what it's like, what people's frustrations are day to day. But were you prepared for it, or were there things that surprised you about the OU beat? Oh, it was definitely a, a surprise. I mean, because you go from, and, and I knew, like you said, I mean, I knew from listening to Jake and Travis and everybody talk about it, I knew that it was going to be a challenge. And I also knew from watching the way that they, um, the, the demand that you alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I knew that that was going to be tough, but but I still don't think there's any preparing for it, and and especially when you go from high schools where you show up, if you show up at Edmund North on a Friday night, that's a big damn deal to them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like that they're they're so excited you're there, they will do anything. Yeah, for the you. Oklahoman comes around, they roll out the red card. Yeah, and then you show up down there, and it's just you're just one of a crowd, and it's you know, and uh, the access isn't what we would like it to be, and the 
you know, you don't always feel welcome. Yeah. Um, so it was just, it, that was maybe the weirdest transition. And I think that's why it didn't bother me so much when during the off season, the last four years, I would have to go do high school basketball state tournaments because it was kind of cool nice, to be yeah. back into that. I'll tell you, you know? this, like I, I'd been going out to Thunder practices recently and you hear all this stuff about all oh, the Thunder, you know, you, you, you know, I mean, you know, from being at the Oklahoma and like, it's not ideal there either. I mean, you right. can't just get a one-on-one with Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook, um, there was an article, I think, in Bleacher Report or uh, Grantland or Grantland that yeah. really blasted them. Yeah, uh, and and since then, I guess things have loosened up. But it was strange to me, like they are more welcoming and make you feel like, oh, we're so glad that you came out today. Like <laughs> that never happens at OU. And and yeah. I'm not saying that you know Mike Halk hasn't changed things around and things like. But you were one year under Kenny when he was Kenny Mossman. No, no or, it so was... it was Pete Morris from the moment you got there. Yes, our favorite ever sports information director <laughs> yeah uh yeah he could end up at arkansas someday so yeah. maybe we shouldn't <laughs> uh, i, don't think I, I better long, watch what i say i don't think jeff long will make that mistake yeah i think he has too many people that he knows from ou that yeah would never anyway yeah uh, he might be covering a virginia tech game so yeah i don't i don't think virginia tech's on their schedule anytime bowl game though maybe yeah but Having but said all of that, yeah. yeah, I mean, what we're Jason, I'd have to say, uh, there was a time when OU brought in an outsider, uh, sports information director. Uh, we thought that they should have given the job to Mike Halk, who is now the sports information director, because Kenny Mossman, who did a great job, uh, was there for a long time. Was there, I mean, since I started in '99, uh, and he moved up into the athletic department as an associate athletic director. So they brought in Pete Morris, and it was a disaster. And I mean, it was people being mad at everybody every day access getting less and less and it just it got ugly and yeah. so they got rid of him and brought in mike hauk which i think you would admit you know is probably the best year you spent this last yeah. year yeah no i mean and if for nothing else mike dealt with the same you know i mean i know that a lot of it comes from bob you know and i, re- I recognize that a lot of the things that we don't like but mike i felt like would would fight would fight back, would push back a little bit and really make the case mm-hmm. for certain things that, that I wouldn't have gotten, um, previously, you yeah. know, one-on-ones with guys for feature stories I was doing, whatever. Um, and I assume your experience has been pretty similar. Yeah. In yeah. That regard. Well, what's, what also I think is more interesting is the coaching staff is a lot more accommodating now than when it was, you know, when Josh Heupel was terrible with the media. I yeah. mean, and I've heard the people at Mizzou that we work with, and he's not making any friends up there either. So um, that was part. Of, that was a struggle all the time. And and Lincoln Riley couldn't be cool. Oh, I, I yeah. Mean, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley called me uh, to congratulate me on my new job. I mean that that's the sort of thing that just feel felt different about this year. Yeah. You know, it was a lot more. There was a, there was better professional relationships. I thought between. You know it. it it's interesting because I think Bob Stoops has softened over the years, and I don't know how much you felt that being on the beat for four years, but uh, I, I guess I'm curious just kind of what your your thoughts were dealing with Bob, your interactions. Well, it was 
it was totally intimidating the first year. I mean, <laughs> it is, he wants it to be, I yeah, think. It was totally intimidating. I mean, everybody I can think of, like Jake Trotter, like he treated him like crap for a while. I mean, yeah. and he does it. It's, it's like the Oklahoman thing, like the new guy for the Oklahoman. I mean, Stephanie had a rough, really rough patch uh, when she was here. And I think that probably affected her moving forward. But, you know, Travis was probably lucky that he was kind of a guy, he kind of knew to keep his head down, I thought. Uh, but man, George had some epic battles with Bob over the years. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, so the first year was totally intimidating. And I think you told me after the first year that you'll start to see it get a little better. Uh-huh. And I did after the first year, it got better. I mean, I, the thing that I appreciate about, about Bob that I don't think people realize is, yeah, he, he can be a, a jerk sometimes in press conferences. And I've had so many people ask me like, how in the world do you deal with that? That must be. But, I mean, it's just not that bad. And and what I appreciate about him is that when he didn't like something you wrote, he would tell you. Yeah. He'll uh, take issue with you face-to-face yeah, yeah. or on the phone. I mean, he's, he's called me about things or he would pull me aside about things after practice or whatever and sort of tell me what he thinks and I tell him what I think. And then it would sort of go away after that. There yeah. were never any grudges. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like the next time I asked a question in a press conference well, after were, one of those things. He, there may have been grudges, but not between you and Bob. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, I, I, it was just never, it never seemed like a big deal. Well, and, and I think the thing, and I've always said this, the thing that I appreciate about Bob is that you always know where you stand. Like, yeah, he's very genuine. He's not the type of guy that's going to go behind your back and do things to you to prevent you from having a- the access that he gives everybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's sort of, and every- when he is, when he is pissed, you see it like he's, he's hard to deal with, but you're just like, okay, he's, he's having that day. He doesn't want to do media. Yeah. Yeah. And so- you're not happy about it, but you deal with it and, and that's really all you can ask for. And a lot of times, you know, the next day or the next week, it'll be a lot better, but I mean, I, I thought that sometimes his, those Wednesday things were, th- those were, I don't know what you thought about, about those over the last four years, but for me, the, the Wednesday when he would do just the beat guys, no it. cameras, yeah. they're great most of the time, but there would be some that just, I, I felt like we weren't going to get anything out of him or he yeah. was upset about something or. It, yeah, that tends to happen or. He just didn't like the line of questions. Or sometimes, like, Tram would come, and he would want to do something national, and he wouldn't want to talk national. Yeah. He just want to talk local, so. Yeah. But but most of the time, the Wednesday things were great. And that was kind of an example, I think, of him understanding that we have, you know, that we've got jobs to yeah, do. Yeah, and, and, that's, and, that's true of Bob. Like, I, I find, I mean, it's always one of those things, like, I think the worst thing you can ever do for Bob is try to speak for him because... Like, I can't, it's only happened a few times, but he will pull me to the side and say, hey, don't speak for me on things like, I remember there was something <clears> about <throat> compliance one time, uh, and he let it simmer all through summer, and I just, I think I said something like, compliance makes it tough for OU to do their job, and it wouldn't surprise me if it ended up chasing Bob off or something like uh-huh. that. He got really mad, and like, he waited until- was it something big- you wrote? Wrote or said on the radio, yeah. I can't remember. I think I, it's hard. It's hard to remember. I'm so old now. Um, but like he waited until Big Twelve Media Days, and as soon as he came up the escalator, he was like, "Gert," and he like <laughs> pulled me to the side, and and he, and he and he told me not to speak for him. And it was just like you just have to go through that stuff every once in a while with him. My uh, 
my favorite one, favorite one was uh, so the it was right before signing day in fourteen. So they just won the Sugar Bowl. So they'd gotten the commitment from Mixon, and mm-hmm. the recruiting was starting to sort of take off. And and uh, I wrote something that basically just said that you know it, firing the three assistant coaches the year before was really hard for him, but it was the right thing to do, obviously. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because Montgomery and Biedenboe and uh, Bullware had been doing so well, whatever. <clears throat> and he really uh, took issue with that story, which I thought was kind of weird because it was a complimentary story. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really bothered him was he didn't like that I said that he fired them. Yeah. Because he'd never, he'd never said or acknowledged that it had always just been in press releases and all that. It had always just been that they'd moved on. Yeah. When everybody knew what had happened and he and he didn't appreciate that I used the word fired I mean those are the little things that sometimes are frustrating for us but that's just how he is yeah it's just the way it's gonna be yeah yeah and I was kind of the same way like I I tiptoed around it because I think he's been loyal to a fault and it's hard it's when you know that someone takes it that personally it's like well you really need to dig the knife in almost yeah but I mean that's I mean you work for the Oklahoman. You got to say stuff like that. I mean, because that's the truth. Yeah. So, and and the, uh, now after Heupel and Norvell, I mean, that was so clearly what a firing that you know I don't I never heard anything from him about that. Yeah. I mean, he held a press conference to to say that. So, let me ask you, um, you know, you it's it's a weird job because people don't see like what you're talking about. Like you have relationships that you're balancing between being objective and writing things that you know need to be written uh you have that on the coaching side then you have the fan side where you really can't win sometimes with the Mm -hmm. fans either and twitter has just changed so much for for people to be able to publicly express their opinions about things when i think back in the day when people could email you it was much more civil and even Today, when people email, not that it happens as much for me anymore, but it seems like those email, well, I say that, I think we both shared emails to each other that have just been horrid over the years, Yeah, um, which are fun to do. It's That's kind of how you deal with it. Like You just show the other guys on the beat. Like When someone is sending you something ridiculous and telling you that you're trying to bring down the program and stuff like that, it's you always <laughs> just kind of have to, you, it's, it's like a shoulder to lean on in a way. Yeah. I mean... And you can share that with each other and laugh about it. Uh, but to me, emails were always more pleasant. Like yeah. people would be a little, not, not just, they'd be less horrible <laughs> yeah. is the way to put it. But Twitter is one of those things where I think it, it, it makes your job, I don't know, harder is the right word, but it, it makes your job more frustrating. Yeah. Well, there were times instances uh you know moments that i'm i'm not even sure i need to say what i'm talking about um certain instant involving a certain running back that whole situation through the months that that was going on i mean there were days when i just had to stay off twitter completely yeah and and because otherwise it was just gonna depress me almost you know by the way you have to love the fact that you're leaving right now like uh, you i i don't you have hate to it relish the fact <laughs> That you didn't have to write three articles on Joe Mixon in the last two days. Oh yeah, no, I and in fact yesterday, yes. So we're talking on Thursday. 
it was Wednesday when uh-huh. the, the, the state Supreme Court, whatever. So when I saw that pop through on Twitter, um, the first thing I did was call Aber, and I was like, man, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I did, I did something, which I do, it's kind of, I torture myself, which I took a emoji of a dead guy I with saw, a gun to I his face, that. which could be interpreted in a number of ways, I realized after it. So I had some people that were like celebrating, like, yeah, they're just, a, they're on a mix and lynching and this and that. And I was just like, no, nah, that's what I'm, that's not what I mean. Yeah. It's like, I'm. I mean, what I mean is, God, I really don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. and it's such a stupid thing because no, there's nothing that's going to result out of what happened Wednesday. No, it's just going to cause people to fight about whether he should be on the team, whether he's a woman beater, whether she did something, whether you know to to provoke him. I like, I'm so sick of. I think we're all sick of that. Oh yeah, I was sick of it. Um, we've been I, sick of it for a long. We've been time. sick of it for a long time. That's the thing I think people that's really misunderstood. This idea that we like are out to get him or we are, are relishing. We just in don't want to deal with it. But we have to. Yeah. You know, there's no way to avoid it. And when it. you deal with it, it results in fan backlash or mm-hmm. just fan conversation or fans coming after you. And you, they don't understand, like, we don't want to be talking about this any more than you don't want us to be talking about it. Yeah. I mean, it, but it, it, it is a, it's a thing. And... And I think uh, the, th- the other thing that gets lost in all of it is the, the, between the people who say, leave him alone, he did his time. Of course he did, and we all admit that. Like None yeah. of us are calling for him to be kicked off the team. But this video is no longer about him. It's about the government deciding what is public and what yeah. isn't. That's, yeah. that's what this is about today. It has nothing to do with, really, even with Joe Mixon anymore. Well, and I, and I wish people that, would understand that, or at least try to stop and think about it and understand that it's the same reason that people want Hillary Clinton's emails released. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, it's the same thing. It, it's one of those things that people don't understand the value in it if it's something that they care about. Like, they don't want it to be uncovered. But if it were, if it were like a government issue and they were, you know, paying too much on their taxes or something and they yeah. found out through open records that, you know, they were being cheated out of money, then, you know, they'd be like, why can't we have this law? You know, mm-hmm. why can't we find out information that, you know, any any citizen should know? So yeah. it's a it's one of those things like I can't have that discussion on my website because it it, it devolves into a he said, she said thing between Joe Mixon. I mean yeah. it just it's like it just turns into, well, you're trying to take away my football player. No. Yeah. That's not what's going on. And and people, I think, also really misunderstood. Or the the other thing that was really tough was the the Orange Bowl media day thing because that was that wasn't fun for no. any of us. That wasn't fun for any of us. And uh, and it was mishandled by by some people in the media. I think that came at him a little bit too aggressively. I mean, um, that was a that was a a mess. That was a complete debacle on all all counts so no none of us enjoyed any any aspect of this story Well, i remember you and i were standing there and you're like it's our one day to be able to get people that we haven't been able to talk to all year oh yeah and we're both having to waste time on joe mixon stuff which none of our readers really want to hear none of our none of the beat 
readers want to, you know, the OU fans don't really want to read that as much as they want to read about, um, you know, something from a player that they haven't heard from all year that, uh, you know, like a, a Devontae Lampkin or something like yeah. that. I mean, yeah. So it's the one chance we get to talk to anybody we want to, and we have to waste time. An hour session, we have to waste 15 minutes talking to Joe Mixon when you know it's not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. So, it, it, I didn't want to get too much into that, yeah, but I that, figured but, it might be a good topic before you get out of here. But I mean, yeah, when it, but that was just my example of when it comes to things on Twitter that can, that can get out of hand. And then the other thing that doesn't help... Um, me is I tend to express political beliefs on Twitter <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, and the readers don't always appreciate it. Hashtag stick. Well, to you sports. know what color state you live in though. I know. I, and, and I know what color state I'm going to live in next and it's, you know, it'll what be was the same it that thing. Someone sure. sent you an email about the political affiliation of the state you're going to about Arkansas. Uh, yeah, they said that since I'm going to the SEC, it's a land of great Americans and conservatives. So I better, I better tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, you know, I, I saw, I think it was Andy Staples said this the other day and it, it, it was a really good, it was really interesting to me. He said, you know, why do people tell you to shut up and just talk sports? And it's because I think fans legitimately do care about you and what you do and what you provide Yeah, to the point that, they feel like they identify with you and you are just like them. And when you kind of take down that fourth wall and they see, oh, he has liberal leanings and, yeah. you know, he's not, he's not, he doesn't hate gay people or, <laughs> you know, it's like they get upset because it's like everything they know has been shattered. Yeah. Well, that was an interesting. Um... But he basically said, I mean, the Andy, <clears throat> what Andy Staples said was, well, it's because people find out that they think that you're just like they are, but then when you talk about things other than sports, they find out you're not. It's disturbing. Yeah, yeah. and that's and that's true. I'm sure that's true. And what what I've tried to tell, I've mainly stuck to a couple of issues political wise. I haven't really tried to get too much into the weeds on a lot of things, but like education, mm -hmm. my whole family are teachers. Right. So for that, that's personal for me. You know. And for people that aren't in Oklahoma, it's yeah. a disaster right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, the few things I've said about like gay, right. I mean, I have gay friends, like yeah. th those are personal issues for me, but I haven't, I've tried not to talk about tax policy or anything like that. I don't, I, I, if, I would, if I, I, would if I tried you. to do that, I would that, block you if, if you I, did that. If I tried to do that, I would sound like a fool. So I, I don't. <laughs> one, one more thing I wanted to get into, um, kind of, you know, four years at the Oklahoma and everybody kind of, every, you know, main beat writer that's been there kind of has their legacy i mean for george he was kind of known as as a guy that got under bob's skin a little bit but also did some really good reporting jason white's knee injury um you know you look at at jake trotter and he he worked really hard I, the funny story we tell about him is when uh ou was at the uh, fiesta bowl and demarcus granger uh got uh popped for shoplifting and yeah. it was during media day you yeah. know the day that you get the most work done and he had to spend his whole day at, uh, at Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> and I mean, that's like, we still give him crap about that. But yeah. I mean, do you, is there something that you feel like, I mean, I think about, you know, the, the work you did with Eric Stryker. Uh, is there something that you feel like is, is kind of your legacy at the Oklahoman? Man, it's kind of hard to say. I don't know. I guess I would have to defer to someone else on that. Yeah. Because it's a little bit weird to, to think about. But I mean, I would 
the striker stuff was was I mean I mean it was a an amazing situation getting that one on one with him. Yeah. And tell I mean can we tell that story yeah. just kind of how it went down because uh, I mean the SAE stuff happened the strike was going on um and he called he, you got a phone call from striker. Yeah, so I was uh that that video I think it came out on like a Sunday evening, early evening. I was in Dallas at the Big 12 women's basketball tournament. Um, and uh, OU had just gotten beat, so I was writing that story. And I was going to come back the next day anyway. But uh, So I saw that like the video had come out, but I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. I, I didn't exactly even know what it was. And I was going to meet some family for dinner at Campisi's. And I got there, and I was sitting there eating dinner when the phone rang. And, um, you know, I... I had never talked to him on the phone before, so I didn't know that it was him. I just saw a number, a Florida number, pop up on my uh, on my phone, and uh, and he sort of told me what had happened. I think it was, I think this was after he'd done the Snapchat thing, and after he'd probably realized he shouldn't have done the yeah. Snapchat thing. Um, and I think in his mind, he thought, "Well, I gotta, I have, I want to say some things, but I need to find a better way to do it." And uh, it's so and, weird, by the way, that he's like Snapchat only. Yeah, like he's on he's Instagram still, now. Is he on Instagram? But, but not now? Twitter, not Twitter or Facebook. I don't think. Maybe he knows it's a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are days. So I'm I sorry, I'm interrupting. Me. But no, no, no. But uh, but I guess what had happened, he he had really liked a story that I'd written um, the previous summer about his mom. Mm-hmm. I wrote a story about his mom because she was in her 40s and living you know go finally pursuing her dream of going to law school all these years later and uh, i wrote that story and he really liked it and so that's i guess the reason that he he called his mom and asked her if she had my number yeah and uh and so yeah he said i've got some things i want to say and i'm wondering if we can get together you know and i said uh yeah you know absolutely um and in my head though i'm thinking I, I, in fact, I think I told him, I said, don't tell anybody at OU that you're doing this because, <laughs> because they're going to stop it. Yeah. And, uh, and he was like, oh, no, 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 I won't. And, um, and so the whole, then, so I woke up about seven o'clock the next morning to drive back. I was supposed to meet with him, I think at 11 and the whole way up there, I'm just thinking, God, what if he, what if he told someone, what if. Well, what if he alerted somebody in the, the information department yeah, or something? Or, you know, or... Or is that story going to end up on Soonersports.com by the time I get exactly. home? Exactly. Yeah, that's all the things that were sort of running through my head. And and uh, I called him about every hour, about, let's see, that's about a two, about a three-hour drive. So I'd say I called him about an hour and a half in just to check and make sure we're still on. And he we were, and we met in the, in the OU library and... Uh, and it was it was really profound, and and I mean, he's there's not gonna be another guy like him probably that I cover for a long time I would imagine, and uh, and yeah it went really well and and uh, you know again the whole then after that the whole day I'm thinking then I, I think I called his mom for that story uh-huh. and she had told me yes yeah, CNN wants him to come on and I'm thinking damn it like. If he goes on CNN before this, was before this comes the story out, had run. yeah. But it, as it turned out, uh, 
my story posted and I think it was about an hour later that he went on CNN. So um, it was still, I still had a little bit of a, an edge there, but um, I mean, it was, it was amazing. And it was one of those things that I, it, part of it was sort of luck, I guess, but um, the relationship that I had with him. And also I thought it was so impressive that, that he had the thought to call a reporter, you know, yeah. I mean, so few of these guys think that way. Yeah. As you know. It's a very mature way to yeah. look at things. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, it was great. It was good stuff. I was happy for you uh, that, you know, you got it's so hard nowadays to get exclusives or, or to be able to write features uh, or even to get a one on one sometimes with people unless you want to just as a beat writer. I mean, that's the hardest thing because you've got a job to do, which is to cover a full day and they herd in five people at one time. Yeah. And you have to miss four people if you really want to concentrate on one guy to get a feature. So, yeah. Now, people don't understand that. That's probably a little too inside beat writer. But, yeah. I mean, especially not only was it a one on one with Eric Stryker, it was an hour, you know, like that's wow. unheard of. Yeah. I mean, he sat there for an hour with me. So, I mean, I, nothing like that ever happened again or before. When that happens for you, do you go back to the office and say, I've got an hour interview. I need help transcribing this or no, do you just I, do it on your own? I did it on my own that day because I had time. Okay. The the So when I got back after the interview, I just went home and started transcribing. And and at the very end of that interview, after the recorder was off, he had hinted that they weren't going to practice that day, mm -hmm. but he didn't just say it. And so that's when I, I thought something might happen. And, uh, and then they did the protest thing where they walked through. Of um, all the that's I mean that's in all my years that's that's one of the strangest things I can ever I, that might be the strangest thing that ever happens at Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you were here for something I don't think we'll ever see again. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, it was, uh, and, and yeah. So I went home. I transcribed the whole thing and and called up to the office and said, "Oh, so I got I got something that we're gonna want." So let me ask you if you know the way things are or they were. Is there anything that that the way things worked with media and and OU that you would have liked to been able to do more of, other than one on ones with guys like that with Eric Stryker? I mean, would, are you a guy that would have liked to been able to go to scrimmage and watched it? I think I would would have been okay with going to scrimmages. Um, I would have liked that yeah. practices not so that much. Sucks, man. And, and yeah, well, no. And I think it's because <laughs> you've told me that <laughs> it, it's cool going to scrimmages when you go to practice every day and see the same drills. Like it sucks, man, because you, you you have to be there and nothing ever changes and it's just wasting your day. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think I would have liked to have gone to scrimmages and 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 then you know. And more opportunities for big features, you know, yeah. things like that, where, you know, I've always said that they could easily make Wednesday or Thursday the day that you can request to have some one on one stuff yeah. for the main beat guys. Yeah, I, I think that'd be that'd be pretty cool if they could do something like that and give you a little more time. I mean, I, I during the uh, conference championship week this last year, so it was. Um. OU had beaten OSU and then they were off the next week. I, and this is another example of Hauk being really, really cool to deal mm -hmm. with a lot of times. I mean, I asked him for a one on one with P. Ryan because P. Ryan, you remember last year was so weird about coming in and didn't ever want to come in. And so I asked if he would 
do a one-on-one to talk about that. And he did, and it was great. And I had about 20 minutes with him. Yeah. I mean, those are the kinds of things I wish they'd do more of for the people that cover the beat every day. Yeah. You know? What, uh, let me ask you this, uh, just about covering a team in general. I mean, it's changed so much since I've started. You know, it used to be, I think I've told you this before, I loved being able to write a really good news and notes and, and post that and people have people, you know, take that in and they're like, oh, that's so much information. It's so cool. But now anytime that something's a note, it gets plastered on the Internet before yeah. you can even get home sometimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, where do you think it's changed the most for you since you got into this business? And and what's been the, you know, the thing that you like the least, I guess? Where has it changed my... I mean, I've sort of always been in it in the Twitter era, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly if it's changed a ton since I've been on it, but it it is frustrating, you know, when you're you're in a small group and someone says something that you know is going to be news, and you want to rush home and get it written up, mm-hmm. but then someone else in the group just tweets it out, you know, like those. Yeah, kinds we used of to things. have discussions about that stuff, like. We if we've you had would, discussion. Yeah, I mean, that. like I remember when when Trot this started when Trotter was on the beat for the Oklahoma and like because it would be like maybe five to six people there every day. And maybe I would come with uh, you know, news that I knew somebody was hurt. And so I would ask, you know, is so and so hurt? And if it wasn't for me asking, it wouldn't be it out wouldn't there. be it wouldn't be out there. Yet I'm asking the question. I'm getting an answer from like Bob Stoops. He's talking directly to me and I can look around and everybody else is on their phones tweeting this out. And I'm like, that's not fair. Like, no, it's not. I was the one who brought it to the table. And you can't, as he's talking to you, be doing yeah, this. You cannot yeah. get into your phone. That's yeah. so disrespectful while mm-hmm. he's talking to you and giving yeah. you. But I think that's kind of one of those things. Like we've been a pretty good beat, I think, in kind of policing that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, no, I would agree. I, I've been a jerk sometimes to kids. I have a reputation for yelling at people. You've, to never, get been my a, point you've never been a jerk to me. I don't know if that's because I it's didn't deserve it. because you weren't an it idiot. <laughs> no, it's, I, it's kind of one of those things. I went through that. There was a guy named Mike Jones that worked at the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. He used to refer to me as the Internet F. Like, he would call me the Internet F to my face. and I'm not. But he didn't say F. No, he said the <laughs> four-letter word that began with F. So, yeah. like, he... He was he's retired now and he should have been because he had three feet out the door by the time I started. But it's just, and I try not to be like I try to be understanding of that kind of stuff because I remember when I was once the guy that everybody hated. Like yeah. I was that internet jerk that was ruining, you know, journalism. And so now I feel so old and I'm like, these stupid kids at the daily and I yelled at one of them last year and hmm. <laughs> yeah. You need the curmudgeon on the beat. You just do. No, it was it was great. I, I liked, I mean, I had a great experience with you guys. And I, I said it in the thing I wrote when I announced I was leaving, and I meant it. Like, you guys were great to me the whole time. And, and that was, that made it so much easier because not only was Stoops intimidating, but sort of intimidating to walk into that press conference room the first time. Yeah. Surrounded by people who know everything, know people, and they, you know, and sort of have to find a way to wedge yourself in asking Bob, I, i'm telling you on a live public press conference asking bob a question is probably one of the hardest things to do yeah for a young journalist yeah it is and and, and you, 
Because if you ask a bad question, I can tell you this, the morning animals are going to play it in the morning yeah. and make fun of it. And they should. <laughs> and they rightly should. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. And it's especially hard when you're new and, and uh, you know, so. Well, man, I, I have always appreciated you, uh, you know, just knowing where you kind of came from, that you're an Oklahoma guy, uh, that, you know, you worked your way up from high school. I was so happy when you got the job uh, that they hired from within and didn't go, you know, the worldwide talent search again. And, yeah. Um, you know, we'll miss you. I'll miss you on the beat. But uh, just real quick, you know, tell people what you're going to be doing kind of what uh what you're looking forward to now here in the next phase of your career yeah i'm well i'm it's a new it's kind of a new website seccountry.com it's in affiliation with the atlanta journal constitution and i'll be covering arkansas um basically doing the same job i did here um except uh you know obviously a little bit different because there's not a print product to go with yeah. it really i mean i think it would have to be pretty big news for anything i write about mm -hmm. arkansas to appear in the ajc but um, so yeah, so we're moving to, to Fayetteville and, and it's a, it's a, it's an adventure. I mean, I've lived, you know, noble Norman my whole life. So, uh, it's a little bit scary, but, but I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to try something different and, and experience a new area, live in a new area. That How's kind of Buster thing. feel about it? Oh, he, he'll be fine. Buster is his <laughs> dog, his Green Bay loving dog, even though he has no free will of his own. He wears a Packers jersey. <laughs> All the time. Is yeah. it only on game days, or you you put the jersey on him on other days too? I put, no, it's it's game days. Okay. It's game days, and um, you know, the the first time we had the jersey, I put it on him, and the Packers were beating the Seahawks, and then my wife Annie wanted to take him on a walk, and I said, "All right, that's fine, but you have to leave the jersey on," <laughs> and she said, "That's so stupid," and she took it off, and by the time they got back from the walk, the they were, were losing, losing, and they lost the game. So, Did you put the jersey back on when he got home? Yeah, but I think the magic goes away when it comes off. So <laughs> now she knows that but even when I never take even when I'm on. on the road, like I she puts the jersey on him. When I you're call on the road. I call her. I'm like, you got to put the jersey on him. So, but there have been losses with the jersey on. Yeah, there have. But but it's guaranteed to be a loss when he's not wearing it. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Any uh, any any local joints you're really gonna miss? Oh, like man. being able to go eat somewhere or anything? Well, Kendall's and Noble. Yeah. Have you been there? I've heard very good things. We I should need go, to go there before okay. I leave. We'll do it. Chicken fried steak. Man. Oh, I love some chicken fried steak. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, fat I, man loves his fried stuff. I love, uh, I love Tar Humara's. Garen Emig gives me a hard time about that. I'm telling you, Norman but, has some real... I was I really talking like about this on Twitter the other day. Tara Humara's, uh, Tulio's, Mama Vaches, those are all good, man. Norman has some good Mexican. Chilino's is good, although no. it's it's not local, I guess. There's other ones, but you don't like Chilino's? No. Too much onions and everything. <laughs> okay. They put onions in everything. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like my brother says that uh, Sonic, uh, every time they come out with something new, it's just they've added chili to it. <laughs> so it's like he's waiting for the chili milk. The chili cheeseburger is pretty stomachable there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Man, uh, it's been a pleasure. I'm glad you finally got to... We won't talk about how much of a disaster my house is. Um, but appreciate you coming over to the War Zone, uh, hanging out, listening to some vinyl finally. Uh, you have some Pete Yorn to listen to on the road trips now. Yes, I look forward to that. I will, uh, I will still be your friend on Twitter. 
Good. I was worried about that. Yeah, I bet. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll be reading all your stuff, and I'll let the uh, let Trey Biddy at Rivals know that you're coming to kick his ass. All right. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> That's Jason Kersey, formerly the Oklahoma. Now, now, is it just SEC country, or are you like ArkansasWeAreAwesome.com or something like that? It's just SEC country. I'd be offended if you were like ArkansasScoop.com. No, uh, Hog Scoop. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it would have to be. <laughs> Probably. Maybe I'll suggest that. <laughs> then you'd unfollow me. Uh, no, I wouldn't. All right, uh, Jason, man, we really appreciate it. We're really going to miss you, and I, I hope the fans really got a chance to kind of – I hope they enjoyed getting to hear from you as well, just yeah. a little bit about what it was like to be a, a beat writer at OU. Oh. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of whatever we're going to call this show one-on-one. I don't know. So uh, until next time, I'm Kerry Murdoch for Soonerscoop.com. We'll see you then.